I was a little bit nervous when I put up my last podcast that I might have said some stuff that was inaccurate. And that after I put up the show, I would hear back from people on what I got wrong. Now, there's one little thing I'm going to retract in what I said on my last show, but something else happened throughout the day. After my show went up, I started to get responses from people all throughout the hobby. Some people said, I love Butch Peel. I've worked with Butch Peel for years. I met Butch at a show. I'm so saddened by this news. And no, I did not know this happened. So I got a lot of people who reached out to me and said such kind words about Butch. I heard from Butch's daughter about how they listened to the show together and it brought them to tears to hear all this stuff. And because that just goes to show how much Butch Peel loves pinball, loves the community, and loves everyone out there who's, who's enjoyed these Jersey Jack machines over the years. And I'm, and I'm here to say that Butch Peel will find more work in this hobby and in this industry. And a lot of people are looking out for Butch. And that is the main goal of all of this is I want to see Butch Peel working in pinball again. So if you hear me, other pinball manufacturers out there, this is the kind of guy that you want at your company. I started to get interesting notes and someone sent me this note. It said, hey, mention to Chris, if possible, that no one from the old Jersey factory is going to be part of the new Chicago factory. Many, many wonderful, talented, dedicated people just flat lost their jobs. The other people that I've heard mentioned have been Shannon and Frank. The tech guy, Frank, is no longer at Jersey Jack Pinball. And so you want another piece of news from Canada's Pinball Podcast that I'm going to tell you right now? So who's the new technical guy over at Jersey Jack Pinball? Well, it's not Frank from New Jersey. He didn't even get a chance to go retain his role over there. The new technical service guy that's going to be at Jersey Jack Pinball, you know who they took? Barry Angler from American Pinball is now working at Jersey Jack Pinball. So they've completely, they've completely told the old team, there's nothing for you with the new team. And so it's an entirely new company. It's basically what I've been saying. This is, this is what happened when they moved the company to Chicago. They basically blew up the old Jersey Jack Pinball. It is now going to be a company built around Pat Lawler Designs, and we're going to talk more about that on this episode. But something else happened too. Well, I did. I, I want to give you my retraction first because I promised this man I would say this. I got a tiny little email from, it was like two sentences. It was from David Thiel. And he said, Chris, I just want you to retract the fact that I would not work again with Pat Lawler. He said he would work again with Pat Lawler. And he's done three games or four games with Pat Lawler in the past. So I, I said, fine, David, I will mention that on my next show. And I did say to him, you know, I'm painting a picture of Pat that's not the best. And so here you go. It's nice to know, David, that you will still work with the man, even though what I'm about to say paints the picture of a man that might not be the most pleasant to work with. And you're going to hear more and more about this because I, I got some people that also told me about their experiences with Pat Lawler. What my last show did do is it poked the bear. And I knew this would happen is once you start to speak the truth and once you start to put the truth out there, it will give people the confidence to share some stories about Jersey Jack Pinball that no one has really heard before. And I think the big bombshell on this show is going to be the fact that I have heard directly 
from people who were inside the organization about what has happened to that organization over the years. And I have some very specific examples of what it was like working there and some of the realities of Jersey Jack Pinball. And what fascinates me about this is what you're going to hear on this show is going to validate a lot of the things we've been speculating. And someone said to me yesterday, I was doing a live Canada's Pinball podcast on Facebook. If you haven't joined me on Facebook, please do. It was Zach Manny, and Zach said, Chris, you know, you should tell both sides of the story. So I just want to put out there for the record, I will happily have Jersey Jack on the show. I will happily invite Pat Lawler on the show to discuss this. I will happily invite Leonard Abbas on the show to discuss anything we talk about on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And they know the door is always open. But I also told Zach that I firmly believe that these gentlemen will not speak about this stuff because the stuff you're about to hear is stuff that they don't want to comment on. They don't want you to know about this stuff. They don't want this kind of information ever to be public. And the fact that we now have information that is starting to make total sense. In my last show, the things we were speculating on, that was me just putting some of the pieces together based upon human behavior, based upon common sense, based upon some of the announcements that have been made over the years. And you put all of it together and you start to understand where Jersey Jack Pinball is today. But I also want to, before we go down this road, I want to explain one thing. I think when you listen to this show and you hear about some of the things that are going on behind the scenes of a pinball company, I think a few things to keep in mind. One of them is that every company has political drama. Every company has bickering behind the scenes. Every company has people that don't get along with each other. Most of that stuff is never shared publicly. Most of that stuff is buried inside internal walls. Most of that stuff only happens at the water cooler, right? Those kinds of conversations. So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that sometimes some of the most creative people that create the things you like might be jerks in real life. They might not be pleasant people to be around. And you can draw your own conclusions if you think that's what Pat Lawler is. I mean, I, again, I, I, I got a lot of people who talked to me and gave me feedback and it wasn't very positive. And that's just who he is. He's always kind of been a little bit of a curmudgeon. There's a reason why within the industry, they call Pat Lawler, Lord Lawler. Lord Darth Sidious Lawler. Like they call him Lord Lawler for a reason. And that's fine. He knows that. I don't think he would argue with that. He likes doing things his way. He's a control freak and it's hard to work with people like that. Axel Rose is the same way. Go look at stories of what it's like to work with Axel Rose in the music industry. I'm not comparing the two, but a little bit of an irony in that Guns N' Roses is coming out, even though it's not a Pat Lawler machine. Speaking of Lord Lawler, someone shared with me a Pat Lawler story that I want to share with you right now, and I'm going to keep this person's name anonymous because they asked me to. He wrote, Just on the subject of Pat Lawler, had the displeasure of meeting him on my first trip to Expo in 2008. My travel buddy had the side art for an Adams family and asked Pat to sign it. Pat glared at both of us and wrote his name in plain letters, Pat Lawler, and walked off. We both thought, what a F-U-C-K-W-I-T. He didn't even make a comment, just wrote it and walked off. He was just so arrogant and cold. And that's my point. That's my point is I think Pat Lawler is a genius pinball designer. No one's arguing that fact. 
But the fact that he treats fans like this of his own games and treats people in the community like this, and then you have Butch Peel, one of the nicest guys in pinball, who goes out of his way to always talk with the fans, to talk with the community, to call people at any hour of the night to help them problem solve their games. Do you think Pat Lawler would pick up the phone and help you problem solve dialed in? No, it's going to be Butch Peel that would do that for you. And so when it just comes to character and someone's kindness, it's no question. One end of the spectrum is Butch Peel. On the other end, the jerk end, it seems like there's Pat Lawler. But again, I think everybody knows that. All of the nice people at Jersey Jack Pinball that you know and you love have been shown the door. So think about that for a minute. This is the new JJP revolving around Lord Lawler. All right. Now, how did it come to this? How did it come to this? Because Jersey Jack is a really nice guy. If you've met Jack, and I've met Jack many times, and and Jack is one of the sweetest people on the planet as well. And Jack surrounded his company with people that I think were nice people. And we heard the quote on the last show that when you work with Jersey Jack Pinball, you're never going to need another job again. Well, everyone who worked with Jersey Jack in the Jersey factory is now out of work. So where did it go wrong? Like, what? where did it go awry? And to figure out where it all went wrong, it actually went wrong at the same moment it went right. And we have to go back to August of 2015 when Jersey Jack Pinball took the money that gave Leonard basically control over Jersey Jack Pinball. Now, if you don't remember the context of this time, we have to remember the context of the time because the context is everything. For those of you who don't remember, I'm going to give you a real quick synopsis. Jersey Jack Pinball launched its company with the Wizard of Oz. Now, if you don't remember, the Wizard of Oz machine with everything in it, Jack priced that game between six dollars and $6,500. Think about it. Look at a Wizard of Oz machine. And that was for the Emerald City edition. 6500 bucks. The game itself, I think the bomb on it was at least $6,000. So Jack was taking a bath and he was underwater immediately. And it took a really long time to get the Wizard of Oz out. And then when Jack got the Wizard of Oz out to people, it was immediately having light board issues. And this is another thing they really don't want you to know about. And it turns out that the person who designed those light boards realized as they were finishing their design that there was a catastrophic failure in the design of the light boards and that the light board systems that were going into every game were going to fail. And instead of covering people's warranties on those light boards, Jersey Jack Pinball stalled people. They spun them. They didn't want to cover what was a design fault from the factory. And they ultimately made people spend an extra $500 to fix the light boards that were a problem in which Jersey Jack created. And they weren't standing behind their warranty. So that was a major issue with Waz. But the real issue happened with The Hobbit. So coming out of Waz, JJP was clearly, clearly financially a little bit underwater. And they'll never admit this, but everybody knows this because when they went to build The Hobbit, something happened. They revealed The Hobbit and then all of a sudden there was a long delay and people were waiting and waiting and waiting. And what happened during The Hobbit production was that Jersey Jack Pinball was running out of money. Again, they won't admit this. But what happened was this, rumors became speculation, became facts. And the facts of the matter are this, 
vendors were not being paid for their work on The Hobbit. And once the vendors stopped being paid, they stopped sending parts to Jersey Jack Pinball. And then people who were in on the game started to get nervous and there were talks of lawsuits and going after Jersey Jack Pinball. And there was all this speculation that Jersey Jack Pinball was going to collapse. I'm not making this stuff up, this was the story. And so what happened, what happened at the beginning of, of Hobbit production in August of 2015, Jack gets a miracle, a miracle investor to come in and save the company. And his name was Leonard Abbas. And Leonard Abbas, in the form of Think Lab Ventures, basically pumps money into Jersey Jack Pinball, keeps it from going under, gets Hobbit made. And let me just read a little bit of the background of this announcement because it gives you a little bit of a background of who Leonard is. The announcement goes out on August 7th, 2015. So Think Lab Ventures leads new investment in Jersey Jack Pinball. Miami-based Think Lab Ventures is led by Leonard Abbas, an American banker and businessman, joining Abbas's material investment in the Lakewood, New Jersey-based pinball machine company are Andrew Paul, Managing Director of Tudor Investment Corp., and Scott Flanders, Chief Executive of Playboy Enterprises. Abbas gained national notoriety in 2008 when he sold his company, City National Bank of Florida, for $945 million and gave his staff a bonus of $60 million to share among themselves. As a result, he is a Time 100 honoree and Reader's Digest America's Best Boss. He is also a fervent pinball machine enthusiast. I have been a pinball fan my entire life, Abbas said. In Jersey Jack Pinball, I saw a company that has both the creative vision and technical abilities to renew and reinvigorate this industry. I have known Jack for many years and delighted in watching him develop the ultimate pinball game to date, The Wizard of Oz. So this was the moment. This was the moment in which Jack got the bailout he needed. He got the money from Leonard. And look, Leonard is an incredible businessman. I mean, he sold his bank right before the financial crisis and the banks collapsed. I mean, sold it for close to a billion dollars. And he's a very philanthropic man. He's a very generous man. The move to give that $60 million back to his employees got him recognition by Barack Obama. I believe he sat next to Michelle Obama at a presidential dinner or something. He's an incredibly successful businessman. But what have we always said in the world of pinball? It doesn't matter how much money you have. There are elements that are required to make pinball great that no money can buy. And we're going to learn, we're going to learn, and this is where I think the bombshell is going to come in on this show. We're going to learn that once Leonard came into the company, he started to bring in his people and they started to make decisions. And I think some of those decisions are going to answer a lot of the questions you've had around Jersey Jack machines over the years. I think it's also going to shed light on what happened to Butch and Company and who's in charge over there right now and why the entire company is in Chicago and everyone from New Jersey that you loved has been shown the door. I want to go back to 2015 because when this deal first occurred, people loved this deal. Remember, Jersey Jack Pinball was going to go under without this investment. They're not even going to deny that anymore. This, this was needed. But I want to read some of the response to this deal when it happened back in 2015. Why Snow, Mr. Hilton said, this is great news. I had heard rumors of this a few months back and glad to see it happen. 
To me, this means any unpaid parts vendors should be brought up to date, thus releasing any held parts, thus removing more obstacles to the Hobbit production, thus meaning games can get made and JJP should finally be over the hump once the Hobbit dollars come in. He goes, on a personal level, this means we will get to see what Pat Lawler can do sooner than later. And I think it's interesting that Hilton said that that final line. If we can get through The Hobbit, we will get to what Pat has next sooner than later. It's really interesting because I think that is very much a, a telling sign of why this company was saved. And the potential that Leonard saw in this company wasn't just in Jersey Jack, but it was in Pat Lawler. And if The Hobbit sinks and Jersey Jack Pinball goes under during Hobbit production, the world never gets to see what Pat Lawler was working on for Jersey Jack Pinball. Remember that. We know Dialed In was in production and was in development at the time of which The Hobbit was starting to get into production. So this is, this again, this is going to be a little bit of speculation, but was part of the reason that Leonard saved Jersey Jack Pinball, was it personally his desire to help Pat Lawler get his game out. At this point, we didn't know it was dialed in. We didn't know what the theme was. We just knew this was Pat Lawler's big return to pinball, and he was like Jersey Jack's cleanup batter that was going to blow us away with his original game. Now, one of my dear friends in pinball is Joe Newhart over at Pinball Star, and and he's a distributor for Jersey Jack Pinball, and he's one of the big distributors. And when when the news came that Leonard Abbas was investing in Jersey Jack Pinball, Joe Newhart said, this is good news for everything. This means that it's full steam ahead, folks. Investment means there are people who know what they are doing, who see value in our industry, hobby, and Jersey Jack Pinball. I wanna stop there for a minute. Because I think what Joe said is what a lot of us were thinking back then. It's that these investors, because they love pinball, these are people that know what they are doing. And I want to say, looking back now, because that was, what, five years ago, I think it's pretty obvious that what I said earlier is true. That just because you have money doesn't mean you know what you are doing when it comes to running a pinball company. And again, when I get to the information I've received, you'll understand what I mean by that, that these gentlemen made decisions that showcased they didn't really know what they were doing when it came to pinball and how to run a pinball company. And that's why we are where we are today. That's why Jack has lost control of the company. That's why good people are being shown the door because gentlemen who don't have a knowledge of pinball put the wheels in motion that ultimately led to this company having issues. We know the story from here on out. We get dialed in. We get Pirates of the Caribbean. We now have Willy Wonka, right? But the bottom line is this. What have I always said on this show is the most important person you need in a pinball company? Who is critical to the success of a pinball company? And I've always said this. It's not who is your investor. It's not how much money you have. The most important person in a pinball company and the one question every company needs to ask themselves is this. Who is your George Gomez? Who is your George Gomez? And is Leonard Abis who bought Jersey Jack Pinball in 2015, is he the new George Gomez of Jersey Jack Pinball? Is it Pat Lawler, a man that is great at pinball design, but 
isn't really pleasant to work with, that doesn't really want to hear from other people, is that their George Gomez? Because a man leading the ship like George Gomez, this man is so critical for the success of any pinball company because that man, that man needs to have the following attributes. And I'm not sure anyone over at Jersey Jack Pinball has that right now. And all the money in the world won't make this a reality for them. So a George Gomez is someone that needs to know what goes into making a game fun. They need to understand game design, but they also need to understand how to make a game profitable and reliable. They need to understand what operators want and what collectors want. They need to know how to bring a diverse team together filled with egos and get them to finish games on time. They need to keep things moving on schedule, even if it means shipping a game sometimes before it's 100% complete to keep the line moving. But they're also able to satisfy both the investors and what the fans want with pinball. And this person also, and I mean this about George Gomez, and this is why I think Jersey Jack Pinball, we've always had a hard time understanding what's really going on. This person doesn't lie. They don't spin. They don't lie. They don't try to mislead you. If they have to make a game a certain way, they'll tell you why they made it that way. George Gomez and company told us why they made Jurassic Park without the movie clips in it. They told us why they don't have the Jeep from the film. They're transparent when you ask them why things are the way they are. And at Jersey Jack, I think it's been anything but that. I think it's always been a lot of spin, a lot of half-truths, a lot of like sleazy sales tactics to try to make you think this is the way things are. But let's just get to the point now. Let's just get to the reason why you're just, you're just like, Kaneda, tell us, tell us what someone said about what it's like working at Jersey Jack Pinball and what's gone on behind the scenes, okay? And I'm going to do it right now. There's going to be things you take away from what I'm about to tell you right now that is coming firsthand from someone involved with the Jersey Jack games that wishes to remain anonymous. Now, why do they wish to remain anonymous? Well, it's pretty obvious. They don't want to upset these people. Some of these people have severances with the company that they can't talk about this stuff. Some of these people want to continue to work in pinball. So it's obvious to me why they don't want to upset a billionaire investor. They don't want to upset Pat Lawler. Lord Lawler will come after them. They don't want their name out there. Now, I don't have a problem saying this stuff, and I don't have a problem delivering to you what really is happening behind the scenes at these companies. And I think everything I'm about to say to you is going to start to make a lot of the things you've been frustrated with with Jersey Jack Games. It's going to start to make some sense. Not only is this going to redeem people, I think, like Butch and redeem people uh, who have been let go that are amazing people, I think this is also going to give Canada some redemption. Because some of the things I've been complaining about with these Jersey Jack games that people just chalk me up as being a wino, you're going to see why. Why the things that are omitted from some of these games, why that happened and who's to blame for that. You're also going to understand why some of the things you love about Jersey Jack Pinball that they won't give you anymore, why, that, why that's happening right now. I'm going to read this to you word for word and I want you to hear exactly what this person says is going on or went on at Jersey Jack Pinball when, when Leonard took over and what's happened behind the scenes. I think it's shocking. I think it validates a lot of our speculation and let's do it right now. An inappropriate hire was made when Jersey Jack Pinball decided to hire someone in charge in Jersey and put Pat in charge in Chicago. This guy should have never been in charge of manufacturing. Jack didn't like him and he told management. Pirates of the Caribbean was the first game made while this guy was in charge. While Eric's design might be challenging, 
a competent manufacturing manager could have made it. Pat Lawler convinced Mr. Abbas that it was Eric's design and that it could never be made right. My speculation is that Pat was jealous of Pirates of the Caribbean and did what he could to squelch it. This is my opinion. Pat is a jealous god. The guy put in charge of manufacturing was gone before Wonka started. As for the assets in the game that you've often mentioned, Kaneda, the hired gun who was put in charge by Mr. Abbas signed a three license deal with Disney without understanding the terms of the deal. I have seen the contract. Jack would never have signed the contract. I call this style of license a lunchbox license. That's all you get. Some stills and a logo make some t-shirts. We passionately tried to get more, but there never was a chance. Frankly, Eric and Keith's solution was brilliant, and Pirates of the Caribbean doesn't really suffer from not getting more movie clips. Pirates of the Caribbean is a great pinball machine and still leverages the Pirates of the Caribbean license. Another issue with Jersey Jack Pinball is its development is dominated by engineers with little input from creatives. Programmers, playfield designers, mechanical engineers are creative within their specialties, but are out of their depth when dealing with story, characters, plot, media assets, and such. Jersey Jack Pinball's consistent creative is in Holland. He is fantastic, but is driven by request and is just a resource. My primary frustration is with programmers who think they are good at this stuff, and they aren't. Witness dialed in and Wonka. These guys are arrogant, and in some ways they can walk the walk, but just because you are a hotshot C++ programmer and rules guy doesn't mean that you can write callouts or structure a satisfying story to hang a pinball off of. Now, Canada, you are wrong. The JJP crew is passionate about pinball, but they are out of their depths in some aspects of the production. And with Pat in charge, there is nobody to say the emperor has no clothes. When I first heard about the Pat Butch stuff, I was shocked. Both of these guys are very good at what they do, and the interpersonal stuff seems superfluous. I've only heard Butch's side of it. I consider myself a good friend of Butch's. It is not a damning assessment to characterize Pat as a control freak. Being in charge must be pleasing for him, but not leveraging Butch's passion and experience because why? He doesn't live in Illinois. I've told Butch that while it's disappointing to be unattached to JJP after eight years of effort, that he is better off, a lot better off than JJP is. So there you have it. And the picture is kind of clearer now than ever before. And if you don't want to believe this, you don't have to believe it. Leonard and the investors brought in people that basically put this company on a trajectory to where it is today. And they've handed the company to Pat Lawler, basically. And Pat Lawler is not a collaborator. And if you for a minute don't think that Pat Lawler wasn't behind squashing Pirates of the Caribbean's ability to be successful, I don't know what to tell you. And I know that no one wants to go on the record and say that for a fact, but the fact that Pat was basically telling Leonard 
that Eric's design wasn't fixable, that it wasn't worth the effort and we should move on. That makes total sense. And I also firmly believe that Pat Lawler, knowing who he is and knowing how much of a control freak he is, he would be paranoid that a young gun designer like Eric has the ability to bring more magic than he does. And he's probably, you know, when Pat says like, this is the most technologically advanced game, anyone who puts Willy Wonka next to Pirates of the Caribbean, anyone who puts Pirates of the Caribbean next to Dialed In, everyone walks away most impressed by Pirates of the Caribbean. And if there were some issues in making Pirates more reliable, that's where Pat should have helped Eric out. But it sounds like from all of what we're hearing, from people behind the scenes, is that Pat had no interest in helping Eric out. In fact, Pat's only interest was in helping himself out and getting to his game, Willy Wonka. And it's unfortunate because I think now we're looking at Jersey Jack Pinball as a company of that's divided. Are you on Team Eric or Team Pat? And I don't know, they might not be divided amongst themselves, but it, it just feels that way. And so when Canada does pinball podcasts that say, why is Willy Wonka missing all the assets? Why is the game such a, a jumbled mess of Willy Wonka the movie? Here's why. Because Leonard signed a deal that isn't the kind of deal you need to make the pinball machine the proper way. It's why Dutch Pinball and Roger Sharp they could sign a deal with Universal that gave you everything you wanted in the Big Lebowski. So even if you have a billion dollars, it doesn't mean you know how to do the right kind of licensing deals for these titles. And so then who's to blame? But they were stuck. And now it's quite clear. If you have a Willy Wonka pinball machine, the game is the way it is because of these mistakes. Because of these mistakes. This is not how you make a Willy Wonka pinball machine. And I'm so tired of people telling me to stop complaining about it. And now I know why. Now I know why. It just makes me feel better that now we know why Willy Wonka has left so much stuff and so much of the magic from the movie is not connected and theme integrated the right way because they didn't know what they were doing. It, we, now we know why you will probably never see Pirates of the Caribbean remade again. You will probably never see it remade even though people like it more than Pat Lawler's games because Pat won't let them remake it. He has the ear of the investor. Where's the money going to be spent? Remaking Eric's game that everybody loves or, or moving on and getting to Pat's game? It's going to be really curious now what does Guns N' Roses mean, right? Are they going to fully support Guns N' Roses? Are they going to put everything behind it? Did they let Eric put everything he wanted into the game? Or did they simplify it more? And that's something everyone's waiting to see. This is the new Jersey Jack Pinball. This is the new company. This It's no longer the company that you used to love with Jack at the helm. He's no longer at the helm. It's Pat and Leonard's ship right now. In fact, somebody told me, and I need to go verify this, it's not even called Jersey Jack Pinball anymore in how the company is filed. It's now JJP Inc. So did they even remove the name Jack from the, the, the actual name of the company, the legally binding name of this company? I'm not sure. I need to verify that. But this fact of the matter is, why don't they just change the name of the company now? Jack's not even there. The people from New Jersey are not even there. This is Pat Lawler's pinball design company, so you might as well just call it something else. But don't call it Jersey Jack Pinball because all the hardworking people who made it Jersey Jack Pinball have been shown the door. Had they been shown the door? 
And this isn't the Jersey Jack pinball future that everybody wanted. It's just not. And I won't let these hardworking people who have now been relegated or shown the door be forgotten. And I'm really thankful that someone started a pin side thread today that is a place in which people can show their appreciation for Butch Peel. I believe Derek started that thread on Pinside. For those of you out there, let's go to that thread and let's share our stories about Butch Peel and how amazing he was. And let's do everything we can to get Butch Peel a new job in the pinball industry. Now, what does this mean for Jersey Jack Pinball moving forward? I think most people won't care about any of this. If the games are good, they'll buy the games. If the games are not good, they won't buy the games. People will make up their opinions about these games based upon the merit of the game. And I'm not here to tell you you shouldn't process it that way. But who amongst you doesn't also want to feel really good about the company and the people behind the products you support? Pinball's a small hobby. It's a niche hobby. You want to feel good about supporting the company as well as enjoying the machine. You don't want those to be mutually exclusive things. But, you know, Pat Lawler might always be a jerk and you might always love his designs and you might not care, right? I mean, I love Guns N' Roses music and Axl Rose is a total a-hole. It's not going to stop me from listening to Guns N' Roses music. But there's something smaller about this hobby and more intimate about it. You know, these guys are not rock stars. These guys are not like 100 millionaire designers. These guys are not living in the hills of Malibu. Pat Lawler is still just a normal dude with a normal checking account with a normal life. Like he isn't this God amongst men. And when he passes you at a pinball show and he's a jerk to you, that's not acceptable. That behavior just is not acceptable. And so I think Jersey Jack Pinball has its work cut out for them when it comes to what's the new face of this company. I know Ken's the communication specialist now over there. They've got some work to do. Who's the face of Jersey Jack Pinball? Because I'll say this right now. I don't believe anything Jersey Jack says anymore, like the man himself. I think he is towing the company line, and I think he's saying what he has to say while he's watching all of his friends get fired. And he himself is not even going along for the ride. So why not just change the name? And that's where we're at. I'm still excited to see Guns N' Roses. I still want a Toy Story pinball machine. I still think Eric is more talented than Pat Lawler. I think with one game, Eric has shown us all that he's got fresher ideas. He's got more innovative ideas than Pat Lawler. And I think that terrifies Pat Lawler. And that's just my opinion. And I'm allowed to share that because it's my show. I think Pat realizes that the young buck, the young guard, is taking over the old guard. That the new warrior on the block, the new people, think about it, the, the hot shots are the young guys or the younger developers and designers. Keith Elwin and Eric, right? Keith Elwin and Eric, their two games are ranked above any of Pat Lawler's games. Think about that. And Pat Lawler's best games are behind him, not in front of him. Dialed in, eh. Wonka, these games are not nearly as highly ranked as the Adams Family and Twilight Zone. And so I think that's eating away at Mr. Lawler a little bit. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe he needs to feel that pressure and knock Toy Story out of the park. So this has been I Am The Law Part 2. Now you know a little bit more about what's going on behind the scenes at Jersey Jack Pinball. It seems to be a little bit of a, a company in, in huge transition, not just physical transition, but a power shift like no other. The old people are gone. The new people are in charge. It's not the same company. It will never be the same company. 
And I don't think what's happened recently is a positive thing. I really don't. I think a lot of the dream, a lot of the passion, and a lot of the enthusiasm is now a little bit in limbo as you as you bring in all new personnel because it's just not the same. Jack, not having Jack's office there, not having Jack and his daughter and Butch and all these good people and Shannon and all these people that you're used to, getting them all out, who knows what the future holds. But this has been Canada's Pinball Podcast, episode 481. If you have any feedback, if you are Leonard or Pat or anyone who wants to join the show, I will happily give you the floor to tell your side of the story. You know where to find me, CanadaPinball at gmail.com. Nobody, if Ken Cromwell wants to come on and talk about this, the floor is yours. I will happily let you say whatever you want. But this is what people who worked at Jersey Jack Pinball have told me went on behind the scenes. Now you know. Make up your own conclusions on how you want to support this company moving forward. Have a good day. (laughs)